Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Today we are carrying on the Unlocking Genius series, and I'm going to be talking about turning power upside down. And I want to start by sharing some unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions are basically opinions that are unpopular. And uh, I'm going to warn you now, I think at least every single one of you is going to strongly disagree with some of what I'm about to say, okay? But we're all going to be friends afterwards, okay? Yeah? Good. Good. First one, making your bed is pointless. If you are an adult, the only times that there's loads of mums shaking their head here. If you're an adult, the only time you spend in your room is in your bed and when you're getting ready to leave. So you, the last thing you do before you leave your bedroom is you make your bed. And then you come back into your room at night and unmake it. Just leave it. It's a waste of time. You'll have loads more free time. Trust me. Wrap and paper. What a rip-off. <laughs> Seriously, packages come to our house wrapped in an Amazon box. My wife unwraps them, takes the gift out, takes it to some wrap and paper, covers it, we give it to a person, they rip it off and put it in the bin. What's the point? <laughs> Just stick a bow on an Amazon box, it's fine. It's a waste of time. I'm going to really upset some people with this next one. Harry Potter. <laughs> if Star Wars and Lord of the Rings got married and had a really ugly, boring baby, it would be the plot of Harry Potter. That's my opinion. Some people are ready to leave this church already. <laughs> Let's talk about sport. Pep Guardiola is widely considered as an elite world-class manager. To me, he's just the Spanish Brendan Rodgers. And that is, that is not me being a bitter Liverpool fan. I just think I could do half the job with, with the money that he's had at his disposal. I'm going to move on. The last one, Marvel movies. These are over-budgeted, predictable children's films. <laughs> it's kicking off here. Honestly, I, Leon's inbox is going to be full in the morning. There is one good thing about, about Marvel. The film Spider-Man, there's a great quote that comes from it, and it is this, with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man says it, and we need to understand that with great power comes great responsibility. And Jesus was a person that understood that all power and authority was given to him. So what did he do with it? But what would I do? As a lad in my early 20s, me and my mates, we used to play a game called Bumhead. And Bumhead is basically a card game. And the aim of the game was to get rid of all your cards. And in, in this game, there are no winners, only a loser. And if you're the last to get rid of your cards, you become Bumhead. And it's basically organized bullying. I'd say in my early 20s, I'm much more mature. I wouldn't play this kind of silly game anymore. Um, but when you lose, everybody in the game was allowed to slap you on the forehead once. And then it's the kind of thing that boys love to play. I don't know why, but we just like hitting each other. And, and so what would happen is you would do everything that you could, really focus and concentrate in the game to make sure that you didn't end up being the one that was bullied. And I would play this, and then when somebody else was bummed, I was like, right, you are getting it. 
Uh, you are out throwing cards around the room, saying you've got to pick them all up. I once made my mate drink the dog's water bowl. Um, like, organised bullet. What I'm saying is, when I had power and authority, I liked to lord it over my mates. And I think there's something in our humanity that means that when we have a bit of power, we like to use it. We like to throw it around a little bit. And it might not be as obvious and overt as me in my early 20s playing this game, but when we get a bit of power, we like to throw it around and lord it over. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus understood what his power meant. And in Philippians 2, it says, this Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. You see, Jesus understood that all power and authority in the earth was his, and yet what did he do? He picked up a towel, he wrapped it round his waist, and he washed his mate's feet. He didn't lord it over, he served, and actually... Some of the genius of Jesus when it comes to thinking about power is Jesus transformed our understanding of power and the expectations of our leaders. And we've been looking at this book, The Genius of Jesus by Erwin McManus. And some of this content is is his and some of it's mine and it's kind of mixed together. I'm sure he's got uh, strong opinions on Harry Potter as well. But um, some of the the genius of, of who Jesus is comes in the context of the times. Because in the context of the times, the Jewish were under Roman rule. And so they had to do whatever the Romans told them to. And their view of a leader was that they were self-serving. That a leader had every right to just look after themselves. To look after them and their mates. To not really care. They would set rules and not look... Oh no, that's... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, They would rule it and lord it over everybody else. And that was their expectation. And the people didn't really bat an eyelid because that's just what leaders did. And whereas now when we look uh, in, in frustration at the way some of our leaders are behaving, it comes from the genius of Jesus because Jesus transformed the entire world's expectation of what a leader should do. Because he came and he put a towel around his waist and he washed his mate's feet. He took on the very nature of a servant. See, some of the genius of Jesus is that he transformed humanity's perception of what a leader should do. That a leader doesn't just self-serve and make themselves look bigger. They look to lead and love and serve their people. And Jesus talks more about about power in in an interesting way in his big mandate speech in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's in Matthew 5, verse 38. If you want to read along, it it will be on the screen behind me. um, But I know some people like to read along or or check I'm telling the truth later. Um, And it says this, Jesus says, You have heard that it is said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And the phrase eye for an eye, if you're a Christian, or even if you're not and you you know, you, this might be your first time engaging with a church. You know, you might have heard the phrase eye for an eye. And it's this sense of like, you've done this to me, so I can do that to you. And it's actually a biblical phrase that comes from the Old Testament times. And about 1,300 years before that, 
it had been said about this eye for an eye thing, but it wasn't meant to be literal. It wasn't meant to be, you've poked me in the eye, now I can poke you back. Like, it was meant to be this sense of giving, giving a judge, like, a, a, a measure for an appropriate fine for what had gone on, a, a proportionate punishment for what had happened. But in those 1,300 years, from it being said in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament through to Jesus, it had become really literal for the Jewish people. And Jesus was here to correct that. And all these instances that, that Jesus talks about, if someone slaps you on the cheek, if someone tries to take your shirt, if, if someone forces you to go one mile, all of that stuff was really familiar. When Jesus says this, there's people sat there going, yeah, 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 a Roman soldier slapped me in the, air, in the face yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was late for this sermon because, because actually I had to go and carry some uh, Roman officer's bags because these were all things that were, were forced on them by the powers and authority that were over them. You see, uh, somebody who was in authority could slap a Jewish person without fear of repercussion. There was this litigation culture of suing and getting back what you deserve. And the Roman soldier could demand of any Jew to say, you need to carry my bags for one mile. And it was limited to a mile. And so all of this was really familiar to the Jews. We hear it and we're like, oh, that's, that's not quite what happened. No one slapped me in the face today. But this was normal for the people listening. And when they, when they thought that Jesus was the king of the Jews and they're expecting this leader to lead them into freedom, most, a lot of them will have been like, here's the time to level up. This is about vengeance. This is about payback. This is about us getting to slap them in the face. This is about us throwing and treating them how they've treated us. This is about us getting our own back and getting back on top. And so when Jesus says, do not resist an evil person, it's probably better translated as don't retaliate against violence with violence. And Jesus is blowing their mind because what he's doing is he's saying, hey, there's more than two options. Option number one is get on with it and keep going. Option number two is fight back. And that's, that's all people ever really thought the options were. But what Jesus is introducing is a creative third way that I want to open up and explore. And I genuinely think it's genius. Um, when I used to play the game I talked about earlier, um, there's a guy, a friend of mine, he's a friend of Adam's as well, called Barry. Um, and if you know Barry, he's a great guy. I love Barry to pieces. He's a friend and a mentor. But playing this game with him was really hard because he was really good at it. And he also was really good at making you feel really small when you were a bummer. And so I spent ages going, when he loses the game, he's in for it. I'm going to absolutely destroy him. And one time, Barry did end up losing the game, and I was like, right, here we go. And everything that we asked him to do, he just did without complaining. Whenever I lost, I was grumbling and, and you know, doing the bare minimum that I could and giving everybody attitude because I didn't want to do what everybody was telling me to do, but he just got on with it. And in fact, he was generous with the way that he behaved. And I got halfway through the game and went, oh, no. I said, it's nearly over and I haven't bullied you enough. And it was because he'd introduced this third way that made me change my mindset without me even knowing. And this is what Jesus does. Um, so when he talks about slapping on the cheek, Adam, can I borrow you um, for... <laughs> I love how everyone filled that in. Everyone knew what was going to happen. I'm not actually going to slap him. So 
Here's the thing, when somebody who was in power, so we'll pretend that I'm the person in power, was in power over somebody, they could slap them in a dismissive way. And it was a predominantly right-handed culture. You did everything with your right hand and your left hand was left for unclean things that were leave there. And so if, some, if you were in power over somebody, you would slap them with the back of your hand. You wouldn't slap them with your forehand because that would acknowledge that you're equals. Okay, and so as, as he's been slapped with his forehand, when Jesus says, show them the other cheek, I'm left with an option. I could slap him with the fore, forearm and acknowledge him as an equal, or I could slap him with my left hand and acknowledge that my actions are unclean. And suddenly, the shift in power has changed, hasn't it? There's a shift in mindset that it's not, it's not, well, someone slaps you on the cheek, chin them. It's actually, it's a creative third way to say, hey, you need to think about what you're doing. Thanks, Adam. You see, when, um, when, when Jesus talks about, you know, if someone wants to take your shirt, give them your coat also, it was considered shameful to leave a poor person naked, which is what that would have done. And so it, there's a shift in balance there, going the extra mile. Like I said, you could be told by a Roman officer that you must go one mile, and they couldn't force you to do any more than one mile. But imagine the Roman officer's face as it gets to 1.1 miles, and they're going, I'm all right, I'll keep carrying it for you, mate. And I, I, know, I know the Roman soldiers are a bit weak, so I'll help you out here. And it's this creative way, it's almost like a passive resistance and this is all about power and all of it shifts all of these things were an exertion of power on them they were under the power of the Romans and wanting to get out and the genius of Jesus is he changes their perception of how they're to deal with it it's no longer just two options but there's different ways you see when we're frustrated with the powers and authority that is over us whether it's a boss whether it's a political leader or a teacher whatever it is like our, our human responses are to badmouth them, to do the bare minimum, to undermine them at any opportunity, to drag them down at the first chance. And what Jesus is saying is, that's not the response. You see, you don't have the option to do this, but you do have the choice to do that. And you see, it's this mindset of you can't control your circumstances, but you can control your attitude. You can't control whether a Roman soldier slaps you in the face, but you can control the way that you respond to it. And what Jesus is doing is, he, is it, it blows their minds. And you know, f for you, you, you can't control whether, like, you can't control that you're not allowed to be late for work, but you can decide to show up early. You can't control the things that are set in place, but you can choose your heart and your attitude to it. I want to encourage you to respond to stinginess with generosity. Respond to frustration with love and generosity. You know, we talk about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within us, and Christians often go, yeah, that means I can do everything. Hey, Writing this, I was thinking about this, and actually the same spirit that helped Jesus endure the cross is at work within you as well. And so if you are in these frustrating circumstances that you just want to fight back and push out and break out, Jesus is at work within you. Jesus has given you these options to respond. And Jesus 
talks even more about loving your enemies as it goes into verse 43. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that, and the tax collectors were considered scumbags in those times. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You see, what Jesus is saying is, if you just love the people that you're meant to love, what good is that? Even the people who are really bad do that. Like, even Vladimir Putin can love his own family. And so how are we different if we're just doing what everybody else is doing? And so the question is, can you, can you love those you're not meant to love? Can you love who it's an unpopular opinion to love them? You see, Jesus died for you, but Jesus also died for your boss. Jesus died for that political leader that, that you don't agree with. As much as he died for you, he died for them as well. And so our, our response has to be that we love. And Jesus is completely changing the game with all of this. Because it's always been about, about rules up to this point. It's always been about what I can and can't do. And what Jesus does when he, when he talks about this, about loving your enemies, about all of this, this is, this is the key thing. Jesus moves us, if we can have the slide up, Jesus moves us from rules to values. He moves it from a rule-based approach to a values-based approach. And let's unpack it, because rules, rules are restrictive, whereas values are permissive. Rules tell you what you can't do, but values tell you what you can do, what you're able to do, what you get the opportunity to do. And it's like, it's all been about the Ten Commandments, but when Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He doesn't say, thou shalt not covet. He doesn't say all of this. He says, love. And I think that's got to be our value. That's got to be our mandate. When it comes to dealing with power, when it comes to turning power upside down, we've got to look at the greatest commandment. That we love Jesus with everything that we've got, and we love people, no matter how much they do our head in. And there's a freedom, I think, that comes with this value. When your boss is unfair, what does love say? When somebody cuts you up in traffic, what does love do? When somebody gossips about you, when you have the opportunity to gossip about somebody else, what does love do? You see, when somebody hurts you and upsets you and offends you, you don't have to forgive but you get to forgive. And I could go on for 10 minutes about forgiveness there, but I won't. But you see, we don't have to do these things. We get to. And genius, uh, Jesus is a genius for me because so much of what he says works. I've often thought that if I decided I didn't believe that God was God anymore, I'd probably still do a lot of the things that Jesus says. Because in my experience, it just makes sense. 
And like, for me, if you're not a Christian, like, look at what Jesus teaches, look at who Jesus is. Like, let's, let's forget that he's God in human form for a moment. The things that Jesus teaches just make sense. And you see, they work because he's true, and Jesus is true because the things he says works. And I think Jesus is an absolute genius. Um, and, and so, one of the big concepts that we've been talking about is that Jesus genius is transferable. It's not just that Jesus was a genius, that actually his genius transfers to us as well. And I want to suggest just four quick practical points um, that we can look to live out this transferable genius. Number one, choose your attitude. Like I say, you can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose your attitude. Your emotions don't control you, you control them. And so that event that you don't want to go to, but your wife is making you go to it, you could spend the whole time at that event with a face on, checking your phone, checking your watch, going, can we go, yeah, can we go, yeah, can we go, yeah, and make it a miserable experience for everyone else. Trust me, I've done it. <laughs> or you can go, I've got to go to this event, so I'm going to enjoy it while I'm there. That's choosing your attitude. That's choosing to not let your emotions control you, but you controlling them. Number two, never allow someone else's actions lead you to be less. I mean, I've been chewing on that for two weeks, going, whoo, this is, Erwin McManus says it in the book, and it's like, wow. Ever been in an argument with someone and just been like, ah, oh, they make me act like, ah, oh, I can't believe, like, I feel like I'm not, a, that's not me, but they bring that out in me. Never allow someone else's actions to lead you to be less. You're only ever responsible for your own actions. And just because they're your enemy, just because you disagree with them, just because you feel like they're unfair, don't change your values in the way that you treat people. The third thing is retaliate with generosity. You can never outgive God but you may as well have a go. And to be generous with how you respond to stuff, it does your heart good. And I'm not just talking about like financial gifts, like that person in the office that does your head in, that has a little snipe at you every time that, oh, good afternoon when you walk in two minutes late in the morning. Make them a cup of tea tomorrow morning. Say, hey, can I, can I get you a coffee? Hey, I'm just, I'm just nipping out at lunch. Do you want me to get you anything? Respond with generosity. Ask them, how was your weekend? How are you doing? And the fourth thing is love the unlovable. Have compassion for people. Have empathy like Leon talked about. Get to know their story. Notice if, if your boss is unfair, if your teacher is unfair. We, used, we had somebody on a quip um, a couple of years ago and she had this great gift of just spotting when we weren't okay. And like when I was stressed and busy and getting snappy, she would say, Andy, is everything all right? How, how can I help? Can I make you a cup of tea? And she, she loved me even though I was being snappy and impatient. And we're called to love our enemies. We're called to love the unlovable. I want to be really careful with, with all of this. And 
give a bit of a, a clear thing of if you're in an abusive situation that's illegal, that is breaking employment law, we always should be seeking out for justice. And so I want to encourage you to, if you are in those abusive situations, whether it's at home or work or wherever, seek out the right authorities, the, the police, your HR department, whatever it is. But we can only be responsible for our heart in it. And so I want to encourage you to make it not about vengeance, but it's about justice. I want to invite you in all of our locations to stand to your feet and we're going to sing a great song in a moment that is centered around Psalm 23 verse 5 that says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God prepares a table for you in front of you in the presence of your enemies. You see the beauty is with God there's always a choice. There's always things that are laid on the table and we don't, we don't fight these battles with swords and guns and fists and snotty emails. We fight our battles with love, with patience, with forgiveness, with the creative third way, with praise and with thanksgiving. And so maybe you're in a difficult situation and um, you want to just think of yourself in that situation and just picture a table laid out in front of you. And God says there's an abundance of options. Pick up off the table what you need to pick up. So maybe today you need to reach out and pick up a bit of strength and say, I've been in this situation for a long, long time. God, I could, I could do with, with some of your strength today. God, that person in the office drives me insane. Can I pick up some patience? God, I don't agree with that person, but God, would you give me some grace? This is how we fight our battles, guys. It's with praise, with thanksgiving, with loving the unlovable, with turning power upside down and saying this isn't about fighting back and getting revenge and, uh, and getting vengeance. This is about loving people. And so Jesus, I pray, as we sing this song, let it be a declaration over our situations, over our circumstances, over our workplaces, our schools, our college. God, as we watch the news, God, let this be a declaration that this is how we fight our battles. With praise, with thanksgiving, with love, with forgiveness, with grace, with patience. And so Jesus, I pray that you would come and you would meet with us now as we respond. And guys, this isn't a spectator sport. If you're a Christian, I wanna encourage you to dig in and, and, and not just stand on the sidelines and watch, but really declare this stuff, really pray this stuff out, really seek God on what he might want to say to you about your heart and your attitude when it comes to power. Let's sing.